Welcome to the Unlocking Freedom Podcast. It's okay to hurt, it's okay to feel lost, and it's okay to ask for help. Let's open the door to a better you. Welcome to Unlocking Freedom. I'm Allison. And I'm Kayla. And we have Pastor Jennifer Miller with us today. She and Derek Pastor Hope City, Dallas, um, in Oak Cliff, and... She is also my friend and um, my your friend too. Kayla. Yes, You're my I think so. <laughs> Kayla's friend too. Um, we're friend. gonna ask. We're gonna talk a little bit about um, her history and so. Kayla, you want to take it? Yeah. So, how long have you been in ministry? How long have you been married? Oh man, I'm gonna get this right because every time I say it, I'm <laughs> wrong. Okay, 1999, 20, oh, two years. Wait, is that right? Twenty. That's a lot of years. <laughs> Derek, <laughs> 22 years. Yeah, yeah, probably. He's he's really upset at me right now. <laughs> 22 years. Shake yeah, t- 22 years married. Uh, we have been in the ministry for 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You've been my pastor for like eight mm-hmm. or seven, mm-hmm. something like that. That's yeah, a long eight, time. Yeah, a long I realized time. that the other day. I was like, oh, wow. I've been with those people for a hot uh, minute. You, you really have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and we've been, yeah, we've been in Oak Cliff for eight years. And so that's crazy how fast time has gone by. It is crazy. And it's crazy to just see the depth of our church and Mm -hmm. how much it's grown. Yeah. Yeah. Since then. It's a little different. Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm happy to be here. That's awesome. Well, we're going to talk about our loved key today on Unlocking Freedom. Um, we just finished up Loved. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, and really good. at Hope City Recovery, shameless plug, if you need a place to be on Monday nights, we meet at 7 p.m. at Hope City Dallas. So, Man, and I do want to give a shout out to you because okay. I feel like we wouldn't be able to do what we do in Hope City Recovery if we didn't have incredible pastors. Aww. Yeah. Like pouring into us and like really living this sure. out. Um Thank like you. we we've said, we wrote this curriculum because we felt like there was a gap in mm-hmm. the church, and we tried one other recovery source for churches, and it just didn't work for us. We mm-hmm. didn't really agree with it, and so it was awesome to have pastors be like, "Y'all can do this. Let's write." Something. <laughs> well, I am and super proud of what you guys have done, and excited about even the beginnings of this have been really powerful. Yeah. You know, and um. Like I'm, I'm excited to think about like looking back and going. Remember whenever we were sitting around the table and yeah. just throwing out these yeah. ideas, and now like what it, you know, what it's going to be because I have no doubt that it's going to really become a big resource for churches and yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, we're in the beginning stages for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we started our loved key um, just talking about how you need a revelation of God's love. Yeah. Um, to be able to love others, to ultimately be able to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about this earlier about um, the idea of belonging. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to be loved and everyone mm-hmm. wants to belong. Yeah. And you can't do that until you have a revelation of God's love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of where we started out. Um, something that I shared to our worship team recently that was just a revelation of mine was that John 3.16 doesn't say for God was so disappointed in the world yeah. that he <laughs> yeah. sent his only son. And honestly, that is how like the global church kind of portrays God mm-hmm. is like, man, you couldn't get your act together. And yeah. so I had to send my son. Mm-hmm. But scripture doesn't say that. It doesn't no. say that he was disappointed. It says for God so loved the world yeah, yeah. Um, that he so sent good. his only son. And so we have to have that root in that resting place yeah. Yeah. for our foundation. Um, well, and he even says in the follow-up, 17... Um, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that the world through him right. would be saved. It wasn't yeah. through condemnation. It no. wasn't through disappointment. Right. It wasn't to cause any shame. It yeah. was like purely out of love. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was kind of our starting place when we started talking about that. This key is just you have to have a revelation of that um, if you want to move deeper in an area of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it made me think about uh, that song. Um, Man, what's it called? I, I'm thinking of a lyric. Goodness of God. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking, your goodness running after me. I'm like, that's yeah. not what the song is <laughs> called. But the bridge says it over and over and over again. 
but the goodness of God. I remember when that song first came out, mm-hmm. we were sitting around the table at Kat's house, like after staff, and you were like, I love that song. And I had the thought, this is a terrible thought, but I had the thought, well, of course she loves that song. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just, just because I, I guess I didn't have, I remember when y'all asked me to lead it and I was like, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to sing that song? But it wasn't until I had like a deeper revelation mm-hmm. of God's love yeah. in my life that that song in particular, which mm-hmm. we put it in one of our lessons just because it came alive in me. And like yeah. when I started really understanding the depth of God's love mm-hmm. and the depth that he loved me when I was going through some childhood trauma, he loved me when I was going through battles of addiction. Yeah. He yeah. like when I fully understood that he died for every single one of those moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's when I was able to see like, Oh wow. His goodness really is like overflowing in my life. Yeah. I think it's in those really hard and dark places that we really feel the depths of his love. Yeah. Um, because you know, I, I could say like, I, I'm just now, I feel like at a place of really starting to feel the dimensions of God's love. Um, walking through grief, walking through trauma. Yeah. Um, you know, it's easy to feel like, oh yeah, God loves me when everything's really yeah. great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But whenever whenever it's hard and and all you have is him, um, is when you really realize like, oh, wow, God really, really loves me. I I was just telling somebody yesterday, I don't know how people can walk through trauma and grief without the Lord because without his love no in my life, you know, honest, just to be real vulnerable, I would feel like I would just sink into this deep hole of grief without him. And so, uh, what an incredible thing the love of God is in our lives. And, um, and to be able to get to a place of really, you know, uh, even, even in marriage, like I was telling somebody this too, like when you walk through the hard things is when your, your love gets deeper for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, it's the same with the Lord. Like any relationship, when hard things come, if you press into the relationship, the depth of the love just grows, you know? And so um, instead of going to something else, running to him. Well, that place is like the source of hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. Um, So one of our goals is God's love is our source and resting place. Um, so we, we want to kind of hang out there for a minute and talk about that. Um, the scripture for that was Hebrews 4.11. Do you have that pulled up? Because I do not. I will. I just, on while I'm pulling this up, on that note, um, I just ran into someone before I came here, and he was saying he didn't know if it was going to be a good day. And I was telling my sister, because she heard me say, you know, everything's working out for you today. And she kind of laughed and I'm like, no, I really tell myself this. And, and one of the things that I think in that for recovery and for these things that we're dealing with people coming in and needing support, needing community, we need that. We need that understanding, but we also need that reminder. So reminding ourselves throughout the day, I said, it's when you lose hope that everything's not working out, that yeah. that goodness isn't running after you, that you turn back to those old things, the old habits and all yeah. of that. So, right. And when you remain in that love, yeah, that's where that hope is just fueled mm-hmm. and fueled and fueled, you know. Yeah. So Hebrews 4.11 says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Um, and I love that it follows with, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. So that, that, uh, scripture, I think the King James version says to labor, to enter into his rest, um, which feels like work, Work. but the truth is that what's so really, you know, that's not a great translation, but that word, um, labor actually means to just get to that rest as fast as you can. Yeah, which is what's so <clears throat> beautiful because he's given us this rest that remains. Um, I'm, I'm just going to look it up real quick. Yeah, um, he he's given us this rest that remains, and um, and he's saying like, don't don't worry, don't don't fear, don't have anxiety, don't um, you know go to these other coping mechanisms. Run to rest every single time that yeah. that things happen, things aren't working out. 
um, to get to rest as fast as you can because it's always there for you. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think I always, it's like my, it's a lot of the time, my last ditch effort. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. I, I've done everything else now. I, okay, now God, I'm just going to give it to you. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, finally, yeah. you know, and what we should be doing is running to it every single every time. time. Yeah. I thought about it just in the creation process. Cause you know, on like, what is it? The seventh day God rested, God rested. or whatever the Sabbath, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, I was just thinking like that is when he was able to step back and see everything was good and rest realigns our hearts and our minds to see what God's creating in us. Yeah. And so I liked that parallel of just like he did that in creation. It was part of the creation process. Right. Yeah. And so you should do that as part of your process in your yeah. everyday life yeah. so that you can step back and see what he, what he's creating in your heart, what exactly. he's creating in your relationships and your church, you know, yeah. all of that. Yeah. So this, this, uh, strong says the very first thing says to use speed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's so get cool. Get, get there. there. <laughs> get there. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Uh Derek and I were reading Take the Take the Day Off by Robert mm-hmm. Morris. Yeah, it's pretty convicting. That's awesome. <laughs> in a good way. I mean, yeah. because he's he's he says that. He's like, the creator of heaven and earth had to take a day off and you don't think you do? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it was in a list of yeah, you know, commandments. Alongside, do not kill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just as important. You need to, yeah, you need to take the day to rest. It's important. Yeah. It's important for every part of your life, your mind, will, emotions, but also your physical body. I saw it. a meme the other day that said, I'm at this point in life where I can do a day, uh, I can have something going on in the day, I can have something going on at night, but never at the same time. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, I'm kind of at that seasonal life too, mm-hmm. where like yeah. I, I plan my outings and part of it is because I'm at home with toddlers and we mm-hmm. have nap time and stuff, but nap time is like a must in our mm-hmm. household. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that it is a must because it's kind of become a must for me for too. You. Yeah. <laughs> like I have to plan our day accordingly of like, oh no. We have to nap today because we have something going on tonight or yeah. whatever. That's what I always tell new moms. I'm like, when they sleep, sleep. Yeah. Because you need it. Yeah. Yeah. I um, ha- have a sister, and I won't throw her under the bus. That's so which one. Although I don't know that she would care. But um, well, there's plenty of them to keep it anonymous. I know. I have six. <laughs> so they can they can all guess. They'll know. Everyone in my family will know who it is. But um, when she gets tired... Um, now, I don't know if she does this as much anymore, but when we were younger, like even after she was married, she would get tired. People would be at her house and she would be, she'd start crying. And I think it, I don't know, it, she probably knew all along, like, I need rest. And um, it took a while, I think, I don't know, I feel like it took a while for her husband. I, I know for me, I was her sister. Mm-hmm. And at some point I didn't realize, oh, these emotions come from her lack of rest, mm-hmm. her lack of yeah. sleep. She needed more sleep than everyone else. And I think um, when we talk about God's love, inviting us to rest. Now, we do need actual rest, but also resting in us trying to do do it. But I, when I think about, re, you know, recovery or when I'm cranky and tired and in a bad place, what do I turn to? I'm going to turn to, for me, I'm going to turn to snacking or coffee or a coping mechanism. A coping yeah. mechanism. It all goes back to filling your tank. Right. If you're not filling yeah. your tank and you're burning on fumes, like then you, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that for very long and, and make healthy choices. You just no, can't do it. Not at all. And so I feel like those are the moments when, when I'm frustrated and tired and, you know, that I'm going to make bad choices. And, and in the same way, I'm going to get frustrated and tired if I'm trying to do it all myself. Yeah. You know, so what if God wanted to do you to be the best version of yourself? And so right. he was like, you need some rest, girl. You need some rest. You need yeah. to prioritize that rest. You need to run to it as fast yeah. as you can. Yeah. yeah. So you can be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. the cranky tired version, you ain't the best. Right. That, no. And <laughs> it that doesn't make the best choices. It doesn't align with his will, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, Man, yeah. that's that is huge. Yeah, and Ephesians three, I think it's seventeen. Seventeen, yeah. That talks about what what God's rest is. Yes, and that's His yes. love, right? Yeah, yeah. I have the whole thing written out. I um, so Ephesians three seventeen through nineteen in the Passion. Mm-hmm. It says, "Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep down inside you, and the resting place of His love will become the very source and root of your life. Mm-hmm. Then you will be able to empower. Oh, 
then you will be, be empowered. empowered yes, to discover what every whole one experiences, the great magnitude of his astonishing love in all of its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond me- measure that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you're filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. That's so I awesome. could have said it better. Good <laughs> grief. That's what I'm saying, like, when we were talking earlier. Like, yeah. How, I don't even know if in a lifetime you can fully understand God's love, but to to be able to tap into any of the dimensions, the depths of his love, one of my favorite lines in that is how enduring and yeah. inclusive mm-hmm. it is. So the thing is, is that, you know, you may mess up, but yeah. God's love endures through through yeah. all of that. You may go to the wrong coping mechanism, but God's love endures and it and it includes you. It pulls you back in. It doesn't push you away. It, yeah. it it's always there to to just wrap you up in it again. Yeah. Over yeah. and over and over and over. And so why, you know, why not go to that instead of the coping mechanism? Yeah. Right. right? I love Let that. Let that be your coping mechanism. Yeah. When I think about that, it, it's encouraging for me because, you know, when I think about my own son, um, where he's at, you know, and I think I've shared this is I have a son who's in prison at the moment. And um, when I think about, you know, he messed up and now he's away from everyone. And sometimes, you know, you think, well, he's around, surrounded by all these bad people, you know, these people that don't know God's love and how's he going to hear? And what's so cool about that is how inclusive it is, Mm -hmm. how enduring it is, Mm -hmm. is that even where he's at, God is still chasing him. Mm -hmm. So he'll send someone there where he's at in his cell to share. Your goodness is always running after me. And you don't have to be ashamed and you don't have to be disappointed in yourself. And so it's really cool. Even right now, I can't talk to him for a year and that's okay. Maybe, maybe I need to stop talking and maybe someone else needs, he needs to hear another voice yeah, saying sure. what I've said. And so I love that because it really encourages me that even when I can't be there and when I can't speak into his life, someone will, because mm-hmm. God's love is just like that. So mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, and something else that we touched on that kind of, it goes along with Ephesians three seventeen through 19 is that everything we do is from a place of love yeah. and not for love. So let's right. sh- let's shift gears yeah. Um, yeah. and go into that. Something that you um, said when we were sitting around the table talking about these lessons um, months ago, <laughs> uh, your dad had a revelation of that we are human beings and not human doings. Mm-hmm. So Jen, do you want to share um, on that? Because it was so good. Um, well, it, it's... You know, again, um, our relationship with the Lord is not about what we do, but who we are right? and yeah. who he's made us to be and our identity in him and, and understanding that if you are just being who God has made you to be, you know, uh, we as believers, <clears throat> we're not just followers of Christ. We are his children. And um, I think that's a revelation that a lot of people, even in the church, don't have, um, that you are... you the most important name that you carry is son or daughter right? and, and being who God has made you to be and being part of his family, being co-heirs with Christ, then the doing flows from that place, Yeah, you know, and, and it's not to earn God's love. It's because you know that you're loved and then, and then, um, all, everything flows from that place. Yeah. Um, you know, in First Corinthians, you want me to go into that First Corinthians thirteen? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So you know, if you've been a Christian very long, you've probably heard First Corinthians thirteen many times. Yeah, <laughs> or even if you're not, you've probably heard First Corinthians thirteen. Or if you've gone to 13. a wedding, let's yeah, exactly. be real. Right. You don't even have to be a Christian. If yeah. you have gone to a wedding, you have heard this. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and and it's always kind of been for me a place of like. Uh, feeling like, well, how do you, how can I love like that? You know, um, if I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. Okay. I think if I'm giving my body to be burned, I'm loving people. (laughs) You know, you better see that as well. Um, And so it was just kind of a hard scripture to, it's it's beautiful and it's poetic, but like, what, what does this mean? Yeah. And so um, my dad, you know, he was a great theologian and uh, loved 
words and loved uh, meanings and the Greek and all of that. So he was constantly studying. And um, a revelation that he had about this passage, again, just going to the Strong's, um, it starts with, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. So that word have, and, and you can look in other translations, it's, you know, as much as I love the passion and the message and different ones, it doesn't translate it the way it should be translated. Right. Yeah. Um, because it always is like, I, if I don't give love to somebody else. Right. Um, but the truth is, is that the, the word have there means uh, to hold. If I hold not or I don't possess love. Um, and that love there is God's kind of love. So if I don't possess or hold on to for myself God's love, none of this matters. It doesn't right. matter what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, if I don't know who I am, if I'm not being and living in God's love, none of this matters. Yeah. None of it. And so this is what Paul is trying to get across to people in this passage is like, you can do, 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 do. But if you're not being and living in God's love, all the doing means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And something that you said when we were studying, um, this was, uh, when you understand the being part of it, the doing part of it becomes effortless. Yeah. And it made me think about our daily bread um, episode mm-hmm. Yeah, just in the sense of it doesn't feel like work. Like works, will, good works will flow sure. out of you yeah. right. when you be who you are. Right. When your being is secure, when your mm-hmm. being is like mm-hmm. in a firm foundation, all the doing just flows. It just flows. And yeah. it's effortless. It's mm-hmm. not striving. And so I think that's the difference is when we are in a place of striving and doing and mm-hmm exhausted and mm-hmm. running on fumes like xyz mm-hmm. i think it's because we've lost maybe focus yeah. on who we are yeah how so much good. we're loved yeah. you know and like the foundation of that mm-hmm. which is easy to do but yeah. you just got to run back yeah you know well and even if i'm doing doing you know good things sometimes i'm just going to be honest if i'm in a place of insecurity where i'm not quite secure in how god sees me then Sometimes I'll I'll feel a little bit like which that verse talks about it doesn't it doesn't keep score, yeah. but sometimes there are times, especially you know in our marriage or with our kids or with our family, there can be a little bit of like, well, I've done all of these things, yeah, mm-hmm. and when is he going to bring me flowers? Right, it's, or it's resentment. Yeah, yeah. so I, I was it. like reading yeah. about resentment, and that is the place of it mm-hmm. is when like. You can do and do and do, but if you're not doing it out of a pure mm-hmm. form of love because yeah. you want to, like uh, we defined agape love is I love you even if you can't love me back. Right. If you're not doing it out of I love you even if you can't pay me back, you can't help me right. out, you can't whatever, yeah. then you give a place for resentment to come in. Yeah. And man, that just festers like wildflowers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you know. something I've had to, you know, realize Um, that here's the thing for me is that God loves me enough. He already knows what I need. Mm -hmm. And so I can do for other people. I can, I can pour out and give to other people, not expecting anything necessarily from them in return. You see my tattoo? Yeah. I I put this on the inside of my wrist unto the Lord, because like at the end of the day, that is what agape love is, is when I serve you, when I give to you, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm not expecting payback. No. And the cool thing is like, I I recently had a moment, um, it was Josh's birthday and um, I couldn't talk to him. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit just said, buy one of your customers flowers. And I bought tulips because I love tulips and they were, you know, these pretty coral tulips. I love that color, everything. So I bought tulips and it was funny. I remember thinking, you know, that day was bad. I cried a lot of the day and I was like, man, I really wish, you know, I just had that thought. I didn't say it out loud, but I really wish I had flowers today. It just kind of passed through. And then when I got home, Jen had brought a plant over and I walked in and I was like, and funny thing, it was a plant that I had seen in the store and thought, I want one of those. And I just hadn't gotten it for myself. And so it was funny because in being obedient and just doing for someone else, I knew, like I knew deep down, if I do this, it's going to help me. 
Um, yeah. And I didn't really, and, and it did help me when she called me and said, oh my gosh, you didn't have to do this. You know, it lifted my spirits for sure. But it was really cool because I was, I was okay with just following the Holy Spirit and then trusting that God had my back. He knows the desires of my heart. And I've seen this so many times over the years that as I have a desire, sometimes I never voice it. And then God's just like, I just want to, I just want to love you. I'm just Mm -hmm. showing you how much you're loved and thought of. So, you know, me trusting that it's not a one-on-one, it's not a one-to-one that, you know, I do this for Shane, so he's going to do something back. Um, just trusting that God knows and mm-hmm. he's got me covered. And so, yeah, so I, that's, that's good. really, yeah. I love that. Something that has helped me, um, just be a better person and <laughs> better friend, yeah. a better wife. All of that is, um, in one translation, one of part of the scripture says, love gives the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And that it was hard for like, mm-hmm. now it kind of comes naturally because it's something that I've been doing for years. Mm-hmm. But at first, like, I was not a person to give others the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I always kind of thought that they were in it to get something or they were, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, in thinking no evil, right. giving the benefit of the doubt, all of those things. Um, I heard Shannon Neiman say one time, if you're going to assume anything, assume the best. Assume the best. Assume the best. So that's the thing is agape love goes a step further and chooses not to store up any of those, which is like Mm -hmm. keeping score or whatever. I I heard a quote the other day that was like, what is it? Love doesn't finish first. Love doesn't finish last. It doesn't keep score kind of thing. And I was like, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, it all goes back to, man, when you're in that place of resentment mm-hmm. is when you start coping. Not yeah. so great. <laughs> I think <laughs> you we know? just, I mean, I think it's seriously go back to that place. And um, we used this, uh, what do you call it, illustration of, um, of a plant. So if I'm in a place where, I'm feeling insecure and God's love, I have the opportunity in that place to pull that root out Mm -hmm. before. So we use this illustration of a plant and it came out of you and I being on the phone one day. It was a prophetic word that you like kind of gave to me. And I was like, can can you repeat that? Cause yeah. I got a pen in my hand and I'm going to write it down. Like I have it somewhere in this but notebook. That very week I had been out in my yard I think I told you I'd been out in my yard pulling up these little tiny plants and out of my my front yard and when I would pull them up they had an acorn attached to to them so they were so newly sprouted that the acorn was still in the dirt and I'd pull them up and out would come the acorn and so we talked about that in our group you know that if I let something take root and so I start thinking you know I start feeling like um, that shame and condemnation and letting that take root, then when it's, you know, deeply rooted, it's so much harder to pull out. Right. But if I will run back to God's love and like, you know, he's given me the benefit of that out. Yeah. Love gives the benefit of the doubt. And so knowing he knows my heart. So this is a pretty incredible thought to me. He knows my heart. He knows the intentions. He knows what I meant when I did. Yeah. And it still says he gave me the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That's like, who yeah. does that? Yeah. Like if I knew your heart and you hurt me, I would not give you the benefit of the doubt because I would know that you did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. But he can know we did it on purpose and still give us the benefit of the doubt. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. And so, back to the roots thought, I was yeah. just thinking, man, like on your recovery journey, there's no shame. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be some roots come up. There's going to be yeah. some weeds. Like, yeah. come up. Yeah. There's going to be a little bit of weeds. There's always, yeah. there always is, but just pull them up. There's no yeah. shame in pulling it up. Well, it's like, um, it also makes me think about soundtracks. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. Have both of y'all read yeah. that? Soundtracks so by John Acuff is a very good book. Yeah. We've been, we've been, Everything's <laughs> always working out for me. <laughs> I have an alarm. Yeah. I have an yeah. alarm. It goes off at 3 p.m. every day because that's the part of the day where I'm like, <laughs> you need to remind always yourself. Working out for me. Always working I tell out. you what, I need it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, he talks about. I think this is something that people like. If you're listening, that you need to know, like, like what Kayla said. It's, it's not something that you do once and then it's it's over with. I mean, no, you have yeah. to keep doing it because some of the things that 
you know, have caused trauma in your life, you've been dealing with for years and years and years, yeah, you right. know? And so to the, the healing of that can take a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. And, and just being willing to continue, like for me, <clears throat> you know, uh, I fear used to be something that I really struggled with. Um, and I had to, f- for a long time, every time the thoughts would come, every time I would want to go to that place, I would have to out loud say scripture so I could hear myself say it. And sometimes it was like many, many, many times throughout yeah. the yeah. day because I had to change that soundtrack. I had to take out those negative thoughts and put replace them with a word. And it took a lot of time to get to a That's place. That's why I have alarm set. Exactly. <laughs> it takes do a what lot you got to do. It I takes have time. To be intentional. You know, he told a story about a kid who um, he came to the, I think it was like the YMCA or something, and this man that was helping with this summer camp, the kid shows up and he's really upset and he said, what's going on? He's like, I just found out today that my parents are getting divorced and it's my fault. And yeah. he's like, how many people does that happen to? And, you know, at thir- from 13 years old till 30 or whatever, they're carrying this, it's my fault that my parents got divorced. And then somebody comes along and says, that's not true. Right. But you have 17 years but of like having to fix that's not that true. Yeah. 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 And so mm-hmm. he's like, that man was able to stop that for him that day. But, you know, it happens all the time to people. Like you, you carry these things that you think are truth that aren't truth. Yeah. Um, that have caused trauma in your life. And so to fix it, to keep taking it, you just got to keep taking Maintain. the roots out. You Maintain. just keep maintaining. That's yeah. What, yeah. Um, guard your heart. Yeah. Isn't that mm-hmm. what it means? It means to maintain. To maintain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so maintain the flower bed of your exactly. mind and yeah. just pull out the weeds. Keep pulling it out. Keep yeah. pulling them out. Well, and I turn into anything. I love that. So, you know, if if you can catch the, the words, the negative, the broken soundtracks mm-hmm. when they happen, you're going to have a much better time. But we talked about this in, in, on one of our Monday nights is realize, so I think it can maybe feel a little discouraging when you're coming out of recovery thinking, well, yeah, but I've been believing this for 40 years or 50 years or mm-hmm. 20 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, something we touched on was God's grace is that it might have taken you 20 years to get here, but his grace exponentially speeds up the process. So, you know, biggest example of that for me was when I realized one broken soundtrack for me came when I was 10 or 12. Um, I actually don't have a good memory of how old I was, but I think it was around that age. And I found out I had psoriasis. There was a moment because it was bad. I mean, that sounds ridiculous to go, you know, you, you had a broken tra- soundtrack over that, but I looked like, you know, um, I looked like one of those, you know, I had scales all over my face and my arms and it was not, it wasn't good. And yeah, so, that's not ridiculous. No. To feel yeah. That way. Yeah. But in that moment, something happened, something broke and I believed the lie that something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize that it had happened till I was, I mean, y'all, I think I was 45 maybe when I realized that was the thing, the moment where that phrase came into my life. And I started saying for the rest of my life, I, I realized it when it, so when I had the light bulb moment, I found that I said multiple times a day, what's wrong with me. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. um, what I ended up doing, I told our group, I still said what's wrong with me, but every time I would say it, I would make myself say, there's nothing wrong with you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And I would just, same thing, say that thing over and over. Well, I don't really say it much. And when I do, it's funny, someone recently that I've shared this with in groups said, there's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) So it's even now, like if I do it, someone puts it back. Surround yourself with people that'll bounce it back to you for sure. Exactly. And so it is like, listen, that was, you know, 35 years that I did that. And what it's taken, I'm 50, y'all, maybe yeah. five years to break that habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was so. thinking that psychologically, like, so we both have psych degrees and that 10 or 12 age is actually very common. I think he even mentions it in soundtracks yeah, that might. like that 10 or 12 age is very common for some lies to be rooted. Yeah. Um, because that is where you're first trying to figure out, well, who am I? Cause I'm not my parents, but I'm living in this environment and I don't know who I am kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I know for me it was, um, I, and I don't think I've shared it 
on this podcast, but that was where the root of addiction started in my life. And I figured that out was I was sitting in a doctor's office. My, I kept going to the school nurse cause I had a stomach ache like mm. all the time, like yeah. stomach ache all the time. So my mom brought me to the doctor and they like diagnosed me with a nervous stomach and they gave me stomach medication to take, um, whenever my stomach was upset Little did I now researching and reading and everything, I was dealing with anxiety and I didn't know it. Yeah. Because it presents itself in children with stomach issues a lot of the time. So, from a very young age, someone in the medical field told me, Oh, you're uncomfortable? Just take this and you'll feel better. And then at 28, 29 years old, I finally realized, like, Oh, wait a second, I'm not an addict. I just don't know how to cope. Right. And for my whole life, somebody has told me, you don't have to feel that way. Yeah. You don't have to feel those knots in your stomach and like yeah. all of that. You can just take something yeah. and numb it. To be honest, it just goes back to numbing. Yeah. Right. But that was a lie it, <clears throat> way back then mm-hmm. that I'm realizing now. But it was it's just revelations of God's love, like even in that moment and mm-hmm. seeing his love just like sprinkled through my life, but you've got to revisit those places that yeah. have taken a stronghold in your mind for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's how you're able to, to is our, one of our goals um, for this was that the revelations of God's love can pull up the roots of shame in your life. And that's so true. Like yeah. you have to have a really revelation of God's love. If you want to revisit those places Absolutely. that have defined who you are up until Absolutely. this point. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, I and I, you know, we've said this a lot on here, and I y'all are gonna hear this till the end of time because I really believe this is the only way to walk through um, things and out of things is community. Mm-hmm. You have to surround yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're not in church, you need to find a church. Yeah. If you're not in, a, you know, a group, um, it we call it recovery, but you guys, I mean, I don't we love have that people word. That don't aren't dealing with. Drugs or right. Or sub- I mean, substances or anything. I don't love that word, and here's why: because we can recover from all kinds of diseases, cancer, and everything. But yet, anything that has to do with what the world calls recovery, you're always recovering from. And so, I don't love that word. I mean, I, you're just <laughs> stuck in recovery for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, like you can literally find like an old man, and he's like, "I'm in recovery. I mean, I've been sober for 30 yeah. years." I'm like, "You're mm-hmm. not in recovery anymore." Like, yeah, what in right. the world. So support, you know, whatever, you know, transformation. Transformation. That's literally what I tell people because yeah. they're like, "Recovery. I don't really like deal with this or that." No. I'm like, "Well, do you want to see transformation in your life mm-hmm. in any area?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, That's yeah." Good. yeah. I'm like, "Well, then that is what we're doing." <laughs> well, and I've said this is our journey to freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is our journey to freedom, and and listen, I may not be dealing with um, with addiction, but. I'm on a journey to freedom. And I mean, if you're not, then you're probably not growing. And so anyway, so just surround yourself. You need people in your life that are going to say, you know, you can do it. There's hope. Um, Let's pull these lies out Mm -hmm. of, you know, your heart and mind. But also you need people in your life that will say, hey, did you, that's a lie. You just Mm -hmm. believed a lie. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I've said, if you don't have someone, if you have people that either freak out with what you tell them or, or maybe they're not bold enough to say, Hey, you're believing a lie. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably need to surround yourself with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> like just yeah. seriously. Well, I, you know, Brene Brown quote, <laughs> well, let's do, go ahead and do the Brene Brown quote of this episode. <laughs> I, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be accountable is to be vulnerable. Yeah. I heard her say that on her podcast. Oh, that's um, so good. Like, couple weeks ago but yeah to to hold someone accountable is to hold somebody at a place of vulnerability yeah and so if you can't if that's not a place where you can be vulnerable Mm -hmm. then there's no way in hell that they can make you accountable to anything you know yeah i'm just learning how to be vulnerable at 45 years old oh yeah you know but um it's i i see so much benefit Mm -hmm. in it in a lot of ways i mean physically for one i mean i whenever we were walking through the last few months of my dad's life, my body was like, Hey, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I can't hold on to all the stuff you want me to hold on to. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I started having anxiety attacks and I'd never had anything like that happen before, but your body gets to a place where it's like, 
I, I'm done. I, yeah. I'm, I'm I not capable like of caring anymore. Like yeah. So th- then I was forced to be vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> I was forced to have to say, Hey, here's where I'm at. And I don't, you know, have the capacity to, to do what I've been doing. But man, in that it's like, wow, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. vulnerability definitely brings healing and accountability and, and it, it helps people. It, it allows people to love you yeah. in a way that, and, and allows God to love you in a way that, you know, you haven't let people do that or let the Lord do that before. Like for yeah. me, and, you know, as I've said for years, Ephesians 3 is like my favorite passage of scripture and, and like, I understand God's love <laughs> and I've really, you know, I have not really understood the dimensions of that and yeah. the layers of his love, um, the depths of his love before now, I, I feel like I, I really didn't have an understanding of yeah. that. Like I used to think I understood the love of God as a father. And, and I came to realize that like I, because I had such an amazing dad I didn't let God love me as a, as a father. Like I, he loved, I, I loved him as a friend. Yeah. You know, he's my buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know, God's my, God's my homeboy well, or whatever they say. limited God yeah. in your life. Yeah, it did. And, um, and so now I'm, I'm being, a, I'm at a place of like being able to let God love me as a father. And it's really been amazing. You know, I, I came out, I, 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 when I was in it, I would told the Lord, I, I want to come out of this knowing your love more. Mm-hmm. than I ever have. And he has just been incredibly faithful to do that. And so I would just encourage, you know, anyone, if you're walking through like trauma of any sort or trying to get those roots out and just yeah. lean into the Lord because in lay, you know, just go to that place of rest because what he has for you there is way better than what you could try to figure out on your own. But that comes through community. That comes through being involved in church. That comes through you, you know, getting into the word and um, really beginning to just understand him, know him, uh, know him in a deeper way. That's all he's ever wanted for all of us is relationship. I love that. I think um, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how lonely I was when I divorced the first time. and, And I experience God as husband, which Mm -hmm. is so weird to even say it, but he was my provider. He Mm -hmm. was my safe place. And now I have an amazing husband, Mm -hmm. but I still know that when Shane and I are at odds or whatever, you know, God's still there for me. I even can go to him and say, Hey, this guy who sent me, go get him. Like Martin Martin says, (laughs) Martin, When Lucy's doing something, whatever, Martin will say, you get her, God. You need to go get her. <laughs> God's awesome. like, you're so silly. That's not what I do. Well, and, and you know, on that on that but, note, like, yeah. um, I was talking to someone else about that, and they were like, that's cool because right now I'm experiencing Jesus as my Savior. That I'm in a place so awesome. where I need him in that way. Yeah. And so he is whatever you need him to be, he is. you know, and, yeah. and if it's father, if it's husband, if it's savior, if it's friend, he's all of those things. He is. I love that. Cause I hadn't really ever thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that is what I experienced. I, ex- cause I remember my brother-in-law saying, I don't even know how you make it from month to month. And I didn't either. Honestly, I just paid whatever bill came up in front of me next and somehow we made it. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, it was God. It wasn't anything I could figure out on my own because I didn't have the resources to do that. And listen, it wasn't that I was going to him in a place of rest. I had no choice. Right. And so, but I think it's encouraging because whatever you're experiencing, like she said, if you know, whatever you need God to be, he'll be that for you. And I really felt like we should share that because if you're, if you've gone through a divorce, um, or you're experiencing trouble in your marriage, that's what God wants to be for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I well, think he's, at the end of the day, so he's the only one who can make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not, that's a, the thing is it's your source. Like yeah, no other human exactly. can, can fill that. And right. I, I have a friend who's in a dating relationship now that kind of has the expectation for marriage to do that. And mm-hmm. that, like I had to learn real fast, like, Oh, that's oh, not me marriage. Too. Like mm-hmm. absolutely. Marriage is like a, wonderful like mm-hmm. view of the love of God mm-hmm. for sure. sure. Like, yeah. but that can't be your source. Mm-mm. Yeah. It can't be. No. 
Well, yeah, and I, I think that it's... You'll important. be disappointed. You yeah. will. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you No, will. no, no. Yeah. No, I think that's what I was thinking. Don't view God through that lens either because, you know, we still have to remember that that our human love fails. Um, well, even your dad is a picture of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was an incredible father. Yeah. But even that limited yeah. the love of the father from God yeah. in your life. Like, exactly. No matter yeah. how incredible they are, like, yeah. it just it limits God, mm-hmm. and even if they're the best. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, for me, thinking about marriage and, you know, I know I disappoint Shane at times because yeah. I'm human and yeah. he might have an expectation. And I know he disappoints me at times, but, you know, never viewing God through that lens. I, I have in the past viewed God through the lens of someone in my life. And and I feel like I'm I have I end up being disappointed with God because mm-hmm. I think he's going to somehow let me down like that. And that's not how he is. He really he doesn't go out the back door he doesn't he doesn't go out the back door who said Talked that about that on oh, Monday I love that <laughs> yes. yeah writing down all these truths and that was one of them is he doesn't go out the back door and he won't, um, he won't slam the back door he doesn't slam the back door he doesn't walk out and so I love that I think it's you know always keeping the truth of of so here's my um, encouragement to you if you're like having trouble you know with viewing God's or receiving God's love but even how you view it maybe you view him through the lens of um, a terrible father or um, an abusive husband go read first Corinthians 13 Mm -hmm. and read all of those things because when it says love gives the benefit of the doubt he is giving you the benefit of the doubt even if he knows your heart Mm-hmm. And so if you'll read yeah. that and receive that for yourself, I think we've shared, you know, we've talked about that, of how hard it is to show yourself grace, but you don't, ha- I mean, God does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So read, read first Corinthians 13 over yourself. This is what God thinks about me. Exactly. So did um, you have something else? Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about, um, Jude two, uh-huh. the message. It says, relax, everything's going to be all right, rest, everything's coming together, open your hearts, love is on the way. And um, that scripture I another is another one that I really love. Um, and I was talking to my counselor about that, and I was like, I know, all I have to do is just, you know, pick up his love. It's always there for me. She's like, you don't even have to do that. So cool. Just walk into it. Yeah. Again, you know, you have to take out the the doing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, it's just there for me to just walk into. Yeah. It's not like, oh, okay, now I got to pick that up. No, you just have to just walk into it. It's like running into somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so again, his love is on your path. And so every time that a trauma or a hard thing comes and, you know, you start to feel anxious or you want to go to a coping mechanism, this word, the word says that his love is right there yeah. for you to step into yeah. every single time. And, and I love that it talks about rest in that passage too. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's always coming back to resting in his love, yeah. resting in his love, resting in his love, letting him carry all of the things, letting him heal all of the things. It's not yours to do. It's his to do. And he loves to do it. Yeah. That's the thing he wants to. Yeah. And so it's just letting him come into those places that are painful and you'll, uh, you know, it's amazing when you do. Yeah. He never yeah. lets you down. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. And yeah, being vulnerable to feel, to be able to, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, let him heal it. It's, you might, hey, if you cry. Hey, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You need to cry. <laughs> you need a good cry. That is something I kind of, I'm like, I've always said I hate crying. And I've cried more in the last year than I've ever cried in my life. <laughs> However. Yeah. What I've found is, hmm. It's an emotion that is actually a really good thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's healing. Yeah. Yeah. God gave us these emotions for a reason, and it is for healing and release. I had a really bad freak out yesterday. Like, we were in a mall, and, like, the tantrum was echoing in this empty mall. It was really bad. (laughs) But we had to go outside, (laughs) and after a while, he, like, toned down, and I, I... we're like, do you feel better? And he goes, yeah, I got the tears, the tears out and it feels better. <laughs> I'm like, Aww. okay. But sometimes that's sure. how it is. Like, just get it out mm-hmm. because there really is healing. It feels better, yeah. That. Yeah, so good. For sure. I love that. <laughs> um, so something that we always 
ask our guests Uh-oh. is uh, what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's trying to create a life they love? Um, so we're just, we're big about, man, mm-hmm. if you want to overcome anything in your life, quit focusing on whatever the weakness is mm-hmm. and focus on creating a life that you love where that particular habit or anything doesn't have a place yeah. in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so if there's any advice that you could give for someone who is trying to create the life, well, the life they love, and then also maybe you, what do you do? Um, I'm, I'm in a, I'm actually, that's an interesting question for me because I'm in a place of like, I'm in a very reflective place right now because of everything that I've walked through, um, with losing my dad. It's, it's made me like ponder, <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I'm at this crossroads of, in my life and, and it's okay. I feel good to be a, in a pause, right? Yeah. Like I don't feel like I have to go to the right or the left or straight forward right now just to let myself ponder what is the life that, that I love. And I think in that pondering for me is just leaning into the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and saying, Lord, you know, what is what does the next 20 years of my life, what do I want that to look like? What does loving life look like? I'm trusting mm-hmm. that you're going to lead me in that. And um, But part of it is just like f- for what I, I have just really uh, learned how to really enjoy time. Mm-hmm. Time, quality time with my kids, quality time with my husband. That's like my, that's my spirit my resting place right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the place where I'm creating the life that I love. Um, and then from there, everything else has to pour out from that place. Of course, Jesus at the center. Yeah. Then yeah. that, and then everything else comes after that. Um, I, I was, I, I, I realized that I had not, I had kind of a, not boundaryless, but almost yeah. boundaryless <laughs> life. And it was, it was, it was not killing me, but it was like, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And so, um, I felt like for the first time I had permission to put some boundaries up and, and, and that's, that's ridiculous because I always had permission. Yeah. I should have, I should have, but I, I didn't realize that. And so now that I do, I'm like, okay, what do I want it to look like moving forward? And that's, like I said, just, just really been leaning into the Lord and leaning into the Holy spirit on what does the next step look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. That's yeah. good. I love it. Well, thank you so much yeah. for sharing. Yeah. Today. This is fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on here. This will be the first of many yes. experiences <laughs> from you, I'm sure, because we really appreciate all of your wisdom. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Like us on Facebook at Unlocking Freedom and on Instagram at unlocking.freedom. If you like what you heard, leave a review, comment, or a question.